0: Hey, everyone. Um Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Nigel. I'm here at the Talent and Web3 interview series where we uh, interview various founders, operators, uh, and talents across Asia uh, in the Web3 space. And the whole aim is trying to understand what is Web3, uh, who are the founders and movers and shakers here, and just to understand if there's any opportunities everybody else wants to jump into. Uh, Having said that, the guest today is Zhang. Um, uh, There's a lot of things that we want to chat about. Uh, He's our very first guest. I'm very excited to deep dive into the problem, the solution, the exciting things that they're doing uh, down there in Vietnam slash universe, uh, which he will talk about more. Uh, Zhang, nice to see you. Hello, hello.
1: Hello, hello. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you clearly. Uh, Cool. Having said that, let's jump in right into it. Uh, Zam, what is your Web3 origin story? Tell, tell everybody here uh, a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, so, yeah, um, my, uh, I think my first uh, kind of touch into Web3 started in 2017 uh, when I just basically kind of dabble into the space a little bit, kind of reading, you know, the basic articles, what is Bitcoin, what is Ethereum, what is proof of stake, proof of work, all kind of that good stuff. It only stopped as a kind of curiosity. I kind of look into um, trading a few uh, Ethereum, a Bitcoin here and there. But uh, apart from those two kind of major um, uh, tokens, I never kind of touch any any you know any smaller or alternative tokens. Uh, besides that, uh, and then fast forward to uh, two thousand, uh, the end of two thousand nineteen, and into twenty twenty where we've seen where we've seen like a crazy kind of bull run on on um on the crypto space. Um <clears throat> and uh, that's when you know it kind of brought me into looking into the space more seriously and um kind of look at it more uh focusing more on the technological aspect of it instead of uh on the trading and transaction kind of features around tokens and NFTs. Um, so yeah, uh with that kind of uh with, with the background of technology, uh where I worked as a consultant before, it's kinda it's kind of natural for me to start from the technology perspective. And that's where I start to look at the tech, how it can be applied. And with NFTs being, you know, very um like a huge boom back then, especially in gaming. And um and I'm also like a longtime gamer as well, like even dated back to the 90s game um, Mario King Kong and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, uh, um, uh, fast forward to today, I played through a lot of like online gaming, uh, especially like, you know, uh, MMORPGs, um, that, uh, involve like an economic aspect around your gameplay as well, not just playing the game where it involved, like, you know, uh, kind of investing in certain items, trading it among users, sometimes even for real money. Um, I kind of quickly see like, you know, the benefit of uh, of blockchain for what it actually is with the which is like kind of build a trustless system uh, so that gamers can trade uh, their asset much, much easier. Um, a little bit like focus more on that a little bit is that um, traditionally as a gamer, I have to, you know, I have to go through like pretty sketchy kind of forums online to kind of look for a sellers or a buyer of, the gaming item that I need. And most of the time, the transaction involve a lot of risk, uh, the risk of scam because there's no, like, you know, there's no third party. And even if there is, uh, you, you don't exactly know how to trust them. So yeah, that's always been the pain, uh, for me, particularly in the gaming space. And with blockchain, it bring like a definite values there as I can freely trade, uh, among users as well. Um, so, yeah, that kind of opened up like the opportunity for me to see in Web3 and kind of see exactly the gap uh, from a technology standpoint so that I can create a product that serves uh, both the Web2 and the Web3 studios so that they can better use these technologies and distribute it to the gamers uh,
0: better. Yeah. Awesome. What about, so let's be practical, right? Like what about Web3 and blockchain? Uh, do you think really solves this problem? What major really interested? And as you mentioned in the call right now, also off camera a while ago, you're you're somebody super practical. You were a consultant. You went into private equity. You worked in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. I, I assume you didn't get into blockchain just because of the hype uh, and and the, and the, the the weird crazy returns. So. Uh, Let's be critical about it, right? Like, what what is the thing about the blockchain uh, tech slash industry that you saw? Oh, There's actually something here uh, that can solve the problem that you already know.
1: Yeah, so this is actually um, a core kind of core premise on why I choose to develop what I develop, right? Mm -hmm. With Rediverse is that um, if if you play any online game before, it's very common that eventually the, the game will be shut down by the publishers. Um, you know, when it runs to the end of a cycle, uh, they no longer want to support it or anything, uh, you know, uh, expanding the content anymore. They just shut it down. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. happens to me like multiple times, like, you know, with Maple Stories, with gunbound, like, you know, OG got a game before. And it it it's really a pinpoint that nobody can solve in the Web2 space. Because Web2 technology. Um it brings us like the connectivity so that we can play online game together, but it still uh put the custody of everything you own in the game into the publisher's hands. So everything, you know, every items that you own is simply living in the database somewhere um that you know they are using the game is using for their operations. And when they shut it down, it's basically like Every, everything you own and earn through the game, it will be lost. Um, and you know, uh, with web three, uh, it is, it's not the case anymore because if you, if you employ web three technology as a decentralized kind of database, um, your, your ownership of the items is still, uh, living on the blockchain indefinitely, unless the blockchain is, you know, shut down. And, you know, with Ethereum, that is very, very unlikely in the near future. So that that kind of, you know, that kind of lead um, into the answer of what is the true value of blockchain, especially in gaming, right? Which is ownership. So you can actually own your items and, you know, the ownership is not uh, verified or, you know, uh, responsible by um, the publishers anymore. The ownership is actually living somewhere else in your blockchain. Um, kind of database and, and that is gonna create like, you know, a shift of mindset that, you know, you don't play just for the sake of playing games or enjoying it anymore. You, have, you can actually play a game and on top of enjoying it, you can own things, like really own things. Um, so yeah, that, that has been like a, a core premise of, uh, okay, how do, how do we, uh, how do we bring this, um, kind of, uh, technology into the hands of millions of gamers out there, um, not just the blockchain kind of web three gamers that is, um, let me, like, you know, I'm going to be frank, like playing the game just for the sake of making money. Uh, like in the case of Axie Infinity and, and, and all the game that eventually failed um,
0: in the beer market. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Got it. And who, who should care about this? Like, let's imagine, for example, um the people who the mom and pop who doesn't know about blockchain uh, maybe they played a game or two on their mobile phone um who who's the more most important people that can benefit from this is it um the the teenage gamer uh mm-hmm. in the network cafes or is it even the people playing Wii uh in their in their uh, in their living room etc
1: yeah so in term of uh seeing the value of blockchain uh, there's kind of like uh, and this this is my philosophy as well, is that you don't really need to tell people that, oh, you're using blockchain tech. Yeah. For me, like, I'm focusing more on creating real-life use cases with the application of the blockchain technology underneath. And the users, the end user doesn't really need to know exactly what kind of technology your game is kind of using. Uh, they just know that, okay, if I play this game and I earn this item, I actually own it and, you know, from the definition of ownership, what can I do with it, you know? And from these kind of utilities of your items slash NFTs, um, it will bring into a, kind of a new utility that kind of foray into your every everyday life. Like for example, when you you know uh, if you are uh, uh, you know just a guy who just hooked up to the internet in the year two thousands, you're just gonna go to Google.com and it just work, right? Like You don't go to google.com and then you'd be like oh what kind of like database they're running what kind of like servers that they are using you just use it and it works and you know i approach web3 from the same kind of uh perspective as well and uh, instead of kind of focusing on telling people hey this is blockchain this is really cool i would just like hey do you know you can do this with your gaming items and that is much much easier or you know, for even like you know, people who hated like blockchain gaming or NFT gaming right now to actually kind of stop for a moment and 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 look at blockchain as a technology.
0: Got it. So having said that, the 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 company you're building, you mentioned Reniverse. Um, mm-hmm. What exactly is it? What's where in the Web three space or in the technology space does Reniverse fall into? Is it like an AWS for blockchain? Is it, I don't know, like a Twilio or those kinds of SaaS products for blockchain? Well, can you explain where exactly this falls? Yeah. So, uh,
1: we are not really equivalent to AWS in a way that AWS is, um, uh, speaking in technological terms, they are the infrastructure of, um, of your, uh, applications, uh, of your game, for example. Um we are not uh, infrastructure in that kind of sense because uh the real infrastructure in blockchain uh in blockchain is actually the chain itself. So Ethereum, Solana, Polygon, all of these are the actual database that you are using. Mm-hmm. Um basically where you store all the data. Um so uh in term of like if, if we need like a kind of uh comparison to easily um, imagine what we are. We are basically a SaaS, uh, product that building on top of the blockchain infrastructure that, that are the chains right now. So, um, if we look at it from the studio perspective, right? Um, the studio facing a lot of questions right now, uh, especially if they are web two studios, they're going to be like, okay, web, web three is kind of cool or web three is something I need to know about. How do I approach it? How do I use it? And what do I need to work our strategy for it? So all of these kind of questions right now is basically, um, is basically where we're focusing on. And that is our target as well, which is, uh, legacy or not legacy, but the web two studios that we know today that create all of these like web two game that we have played. Um, and eventually, uh, They, in the, in the future, I, I don't know exactly when is it, but they will, you know, they will have to employ the technology, the Web3 technology one way or the other. And, uh, we are born to exactly fill that gap. And, you know, as a first step right now, we are focusing on how to bring them in from Web2 into Web3 step by step. Like, you know, not, not like a full blown kind of Web3 studio from day one, but, uh, Mostly kind of, kind of peeling the onions with them and kind of see, okay, this is something that we can do first. This is something that we can back off for later. And that's, that's where the conversations that we have been, um,
0: talking about with, the uh, with the studio that we're working with. So when you say studio, it's the gaming studios, right? Just to, just to yes. clarify. And, mm-hmm. um, for people who aren't super interested slash, not very familiar with the gaming world, um, what are those layers of the onion, so to speak, uh, if you can share that? Like, what are the things that you're hearing from these studios that, oh, this is the first one we want to understand? Here's the roadmap towards from Web 2 to Web 3. Can you give them uh, a better sense slash specifics on what exactly this journey is?
1: Yes, yes, uh, this is, uh, something I would love to share definitely because most of the time that I work with them, we, mm. we kind of work, uh, to answer these kind of questions. So usually the first question is, um, how do I, how do I develop, um, a blockchain games? All right. And the gaming part, of course, they know exactly what to do, but in term of, uh, operating, uh, let's say an online game, or real time kind of like PVP kind of peer to peer, uh, gameplay. How do, how do that technology work with your traditional technology, uh, web to uh, technology, right? Because, uh, for example, if, uh, if we talk about online game, uh, the latency is one of the key features, right? Like you and I can play the same game, but you can't really wait two or three minutes to go into the next step of the game, right? Nobody, nobody can do that. Um, so, so the question is, how do we develop an online game that, you know, give out the same kind of experience to the gamers, but then still use the Web3 technology? Because, um, you know, if you interact with Web3, and this is, this is a pretty common knowledge in as well is that there's always a lag, like, you know, behind, uh, the moment you initiate a transaction on the blockchain until it's get completed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, how do we basically like that is where the conversation started and then we kind of kill the audience into, okay, um, let's talk about like, you know, kind of the gaming first. Do you have any kind of, do you have any kind of game that you uh, have in your backlog with basically the code that they have already developed that you can pilot this kind of new technology? And then if the most likely the answer is yes, because if they are a Web2 studio, most of them have a lot of like, um, I would say IP, uh, which is like the content that they develop. Uh, most of them have a lot of IPs that they they have um, in the backlog, you know, from the old game that they published before or, you know, or just like a passion project that they do on the side, for example. Um, so, yeah, uh, the. That's always the beginning. And if they don't have like kind of any strategy at all, then I would say like, you know, um, anything is, uh, is going to be very vague until you actually start working on it. So yeah, I always prompt, uh, for the studio to kind of choose like a guinea pig project where they can kind of test it out on the side with, of course, like low investment into it so that they can still focusing on, you know,
0: their, uh, cash generating business on web two. Oh, interesting. So it sounds like an advisory business, less so uh, a SaaS business, or maybe I'm not understanding correctly.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so right. Like that's just a, an outer layer of the mm-hmm. of the audience. And then later on, when we kind of dive into like the, the the technical detail, I'm not going to bore everyone here with like every single like step in, in IT, you know, but I can, I can give you a very uh, brief answer about that is that, Every time you kind of employ a new technologies, whether, um, you know, kind of moving from one brand to another, like let's say moving from AWS into Azure um, or Google Cloud, you always have to do a step that is called migration. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, migration is very common knowledge in IT. You do that every day. Um, and, And that's where we kind of start on actually working out executable kind of strategy with the studios is that, you know, first thing first, you need to work a mechanism so that we can kind of migrate your technology uh, right now that you're using for your game into a technology that combine that blockchain features and still running and, you know, providing the same experience, at least at least the same experience on the front end first. So... <laughs> And then they're going to ask, of course, like, OK, how do we do that? And, and that's where the tool, like the, the product that we develop come in that we're going to say, hey, um, let's look at our product because uh, you don't need to hire a bunch of, um, of, um, of, of, of like, uh, let's say, like outsourcing or um, or very high budget kind of experts in, in Web3. Just to, you know, kind of get started, you can use your traditional team. Uh, which is proficient, proficient with like web two kind of technology, like, you know, familiar with JavaScript, familiar with like C sharp, C++, and all that kind of traditional language. Um, and our tools can basically help these kind of developers to use blockchain feature and interfacing with blockchain without really learning any, uh, smart contract development. Um, so that's where the tools came in. Uh, and, and in this phase, we are focusing on that kind of, um, uh, kind of adoption first. And then, of course, um, in the backlog, we are developing features so that, you know, let's say when we completed the, the migration, let's say you, you complete the integration to, um, to have all the items that people want to earn, uh, inside a game on blockchain. Then what 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 features do you provide to the users who owns that kind of asset? Uh, so yeah, that's how the onions keep peeling and peeling, and we go into this stage from another stage. Um, and 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 it, it sounds very familiar to consulting business because that's where I came from, and that's where I I think uh, the best way to work with B two B clients is that you know you you kind of peeling the onions and working uh, to kind of help them. One pinpoint at a time
0: until you know until they're confident uh, and execute that kind of strategy. Got it. So if I take a step back and try and understand and regurgitate what I what I just heard, the mm-hmm. software that you're providing is a B two B software where it helps people kind of have a starter kit to move or migrate um, a project from Web two to Web three, uh, such that. They don't have to deal with all the technicalities of, of Web three at least from the get go to start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's a lot of, of course, stuff. yeah, of course,
1: yeah, of course. They still need to understand the features that Web three offers, but um, they don't need to actually learn and acquire talents um, that you know that is very scarce uh, scarce yeah. right now in terms of Web three developers.
0: Yeah, you don't need to hire a blockchain engineer uh, or like a, a team of blockchain developers, principals, blockchain engineer, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, why this problem in particular? Why did you, why do you think the opportunity is here rather than, I don't know, um, trading million dollar JPEGs or uh, helping people trade NFTs uh, like a lot of people?
1: Yeah. So i um, I'm, I'm, uh... I would say like I came from a perspective of conservative gamers, mm. um, that, you know, uh, I care most about the gaming aspect of gaming. Um, and all the features about trading, owning is basically like, uh, an add-on features, uh, of my experience in the gaming world. And, um, and, and that's how I kind of thought about the whole process and kind of choose that, you know, um, if we look at, if we look at, you know, the market today, uh most of the studio, the gaming studio in the, in 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 the whole world today reside in the web2 space. Because gaming has been developed uh in the past like 20 years, more than 20 years. Uh if you talk strictly about online game then it's around 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of them like, you know, are actually making a lot of good games and have true capability in word, uh, like gaming word design and kind of gameplay design to ensure that the gamers can enjoy playing the game first. But because of, you know, because of, uh, because of the wrong applications, like we have seen uh, in the blockchain space and in the crypto space in general, uh, where we have a lot of rug pulling, where we have a lot of trust issues, um, it kind of, it kind of became like uh, it, it's, it's, like a taboo, uh, in, in the current climate right now among the gaming, uh, industry, uh, especially in the game, in the gamers, um, communities right now. Um, but, uh, but the, the true value is still there. Um, all of these web two studio will eventually adopt this technology and kind of, you know, provide more features on top of their games. And, and, you know, if, if, if we don't help them, Then we are losing out on, on the opportunity to bring this technology to mass adoption. That's what I see. Um, because if you, you know, if you look at the web three studios that, um, web three gaming studios that has been, um, let's say like, you know, founded in the past two years, the number is still only a fraction compared to the web two studio
0: kind of space. Makes sense. So this, that kind of assumes that Web three is inevitable going into gaming. Is that what you think? Yeah, it is uh, not just gaming, but it
1: will be in- inevitable in term of your everyday life because I think from a technology standpoint, the value is so clear um, that you know this will get adopted, like you know one way or the other, like sooner or later. Yeah,
0: that's, that's fair. Let taking the devil's advocate. Uh, mm-hmm. position here. Some people say that blockchain is, as, as you mentioned before, just a database, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why do you think Web3 blockchain gaming is going to be inevitable if some would argue that technology has always been there and existing technology is al- already better? Like, why, why do you think this isn't just a fact? So there are two parts
1: of, uh, of my answer to that question. Uh, the first part is, if you're looking at, um, if you're looking, looking at, you know, providing the blockchain features, let's say like ownership and, and trading and let's say game five, uh, uh, features in general, like renting, lending and all that. Uh, if we're looking at only strictly in that space or that kind of features, it is, um, you can definitely replicate all these features with web two, but they are, the cost is, is, is i would say like not would say but significantly going to be higher for you to maintain that kind of transactional data and to maintain the system that being able to basically serve as a bank so i i came uh so my my um uh my background is uh, also in the BFSI uh industry which is uh, financial and uh, insurance services um so basically as a bank uh, the first thing in the tech stack is always a core banking system. And what is a core banking system? It's basically your blockchain database, mm-hmm. but running in Web2. And maintaining that kind of system is extremely costly. Mm-hmm. Uh Extremely, extremely costly uh, because of the kind of, you know, the kind of volume of transaction that you kind of handle every day. And, you know, you always need oversight in that kind of Web2 technology, you need an admin for database, you need an admin for your AWS instance, you need an admin like everywhere in your infrastructure. But with blockchain, right, the blockchain is self-supervised, uh, hence the decentralization part of it, uh, which brings the maintenance costs much lower in terms of ongoing. And basically, it provides you from, you know, if you can develop smart contracts you can basically build out a core banking system with a very short period period of time. And that is where you see with token ICO. Mm-hmm. So token ICO is basically, a, 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 in, in terms of technology in banking, is simply you are building a core banking system and deploy it to the public. That's what the ICO actually means, at least for me. And you know, blockchain make it so much easier, so much faster, both in terms of implementation and operation going forward. And, you know, that is a huge, huge kind of difference, um, and benefit that, that, you know, that, that I think is undeniable there. Uh, the second part of it is in terms of trust. Uh, you know, how, how, you know, how much can you trust the data that is in your database? Right. If you are in a web tool database, like let me tell you right now, if you are an admin, you can go in there and you can change anything. And even for core banking system, the same, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you only need one guy to go rogue and, you know, you you in deep, deep trouble the next day. So that's why, like, you know, in traditional banking, you have like layers and layers and layers of security and governance to make sure that doesn't happen. And it needs to be coming from both the bank and the country itself, like, you know, the, the kind of government that standing behind the bank. And that leads to another problem. Like, like you know, uh, of course, in in Western countries, or you know, let's say, more than country like U.S. or the Euro uh, Union, uh, the law and you know the law and compliance around banking is extremely, extremely clear and thorough. So, of course, the trust is good. But in terms of, let's say, let's move to a more um, like you know early stage country like, you know, developing country for, um, uh let's say like, you know, like, um, Africa, for example, uh the trust on the government to actually execute, um, the, uh, the strategy around banking and having the right oversight around banking is of course very questionable, right? Um, I, 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 I'm, you know, I, I don't want to get into politics here, but in terms of trust, how do you feel about trust in, in, you know, in this kind of system and, you know, uh, blockchain, like, you know, something like Ethereum is definitely very trustworthy because, you know, you, you, you have to go through thousand and, you know, thousand of notes before you can actually modify the data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: That's a very good view. I think not a lot of people realize that, Hey, the core banking system, that's how they do it. And that's, It's the technology is there, but then there's just all these like costs and trust issues that go with Mm -hmm. it. I think that's a very interesting perspective, um, that not a lot of people realize. But having Mm -hmm. said that though, if you apply that model, um, and solution to gaming, do you think the end user will care? Like the end gamer will care? Like will, will end gamers, like people be playing Bejeweled and Farmville, whatever, do you think they'll care with having a trustless system? Um, where they can trust the database or the, the admins uh, working on their assets as they play a casual game.
1: Yeah, so uh, the answer is no. <laughs> They're not going to care about that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that brings me to you know my um, the second phase of, of of our product that is mm-hmm. building out use cases for end users, and that's where we stop. You know we we don't talk about trust and you know these kind of like technical terms anymore. We kind of moving into how do you as a gamers, um, enjoy this kind of benefit? And that brings me into interoperability or in short, the ability of using your gaming item across different game. So that is something that has not been done before at all in the web two space because, you know, with, 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 with a, a kind of custody ownership around the database. Um, nobody, no, no studio in their right mind would open the game up to other games. But if you put your asset on the blockchain and having it there and the ownership is verified on the blockchain as well, then the questions become, how do I share this? Like, how do I, as a studio, utilize this ownership in a bigger scope? So let's say you are a publishers and a publishers or a studio always have multiple game in their ecosystem, right? And let's say like you know one game uh, you play Farmville, for example, you 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 kind of earning all of these like cool icons, cool a like, skin in in the game for uh, after a period of playing, and you found out that oh I can actually use this in City View. you know I can actually use that in let's say like, uh, not um, not city view, but let's say like uh theme park kind of tycoon or something like that, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the same simulation space from com- coming from the same publishers. So let's mm-hmm. say if you hear that, and if you know about that, would you try it out? Like, you know, hundred percent you would. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So from a user perspective, we need to keep developing on these kind of uh, real real world applications. Um, and then the conversation just uh, shifts through um, do you like this feature or not? And, you know, they don't really need to care, like, how do you make this possible anymore? You just know it's there. So, yeah, that's that's my view
0: on how to approach um, the end users in terms of Web3. So, Zan, coming back into it, uh, what is it you're building in Web3, just to recap for people?
1: Yeah, so uh, to put it in a one-liner, uh, we are developing... Um, SaaS solutions for uh, studios to basically um integrate Web3 website into their current like web two uh gaming stack uh really effortlessly. And how do we do that? Basically, you know, using the same kind of traditional architectures where you call uh an API to kinda handle um a certain action with the system. So yeah, that's uh that's from a technical uh, perspective, that's the whole uh, design of uh, you know that's the whole design of our solutions and uh, and why it is going to be easy to uh, to be adopted by you know by traditional uh, developers or studios.
0: Got it. So um, if I try to find us comparable here, is it kind of like Stripe for like if a, if a website is trying to accept credit cards? They just use Stripe, one API call, that's it. Is and you're trying to build something for developers or studios trying to offer a blockchain um but just through simple API technology. Is that right?
1: Yes. So Stripe or POS, like you know, part of sales kind of yeah. system, like Square. Uh that is very comparable, uh actually. Mm-hmm. Uh but instead of dealing with like, you know, money, uh, we are dealing with uh digital assets. Which is NFTs and your in-game asset. And, um, um, and, and how do we do that? Uh, you know, uh, of course we're not going to have like one API like Stripe, right? Like I wish it's that simple. We're going to have a lot of APIs and that's where the SDK came in. Um, we have a specific SDK that is going to guide, kind of guide a user through the integration process and, um, com- uh, combined with our kind of like, you know, portal, uh, because we are SaaS based solution, we we have a portal where you can interact with our system or mm-hmm. um, very user friendly UI, UX, uh, so that you can basically, uh, everything is guided, everything is, you know, you have uh, documents, you have like guidelines to follow. And of course, if you need uh, to talk to like, you know, someone uh, along the way of the integration process, of course, we are here. To, to, to help guide you and, and, and basically, uh, even like jumping in and help you with the te- technical part, like, which is the code itself.
0: Got it. So is the vision kind of like, Hey, I'm, I'm a developer. It's kind of like, I want to build an, an iOS app or an Android app. I just go into the website. Here's an SDK, uh, to build uh, an app from step one to step whatever. And, and then that's it. Is that, is that the vision? Is it as simple as that? Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now, mm-hmm. what what sets your solution apart? Uh, I've done my own research as well. I've, got, I've seen a lot of other companies trying to help introduce Web3 to Web2 people uh, using SDKs and APIs as well. What do you think your specific solution uh, is, sets itself apart with?
1: Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, so, basically, the question is, what is your secret sauce, right? um if you can share your secret so, sauce. Or like I, yeah um, I think <laughs> uh so yeah of course we uh we have our secret sauce but uh, the secret sauce is very simple um so definitely I can share mm-hmm. uh it's simply coming from uh the basis of uh technology adoption right um it, and this is again I want to mention my background here again because I've worked on multiple IT projects where I kind of work step by step with the clients, kind of help them in every kind of step along the way. When they want to use a new technology, they want to integrate with a new system. And I think uh, throughout my career, um, the best project that um, I kind of lead and deliver is always based around the process of working with your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is where our secret sauce came in. And, 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 and that's where it's not really a secret sauce. Everybody mm-hmm. knows this, but do they choose to really focus on it? It's another question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we, um, we take that, that, that kind of philosophy into our product that, you know, everything that we do, we work closely with our clients, uh, who, who, who are the game developers, game studio. We talk with them constantly, um, kind of bouncing off ideas to basically um, to basically prompt them to be critical about us and also like, you know, hear their feedback uh, every step of the way. So basically, if we're planning to build our features, we always go through um, kind of like, you know, um, a, a process with uh, with the studio to make sure that this is exactly what you need. And uh, vice versa, they can come to us and they be like, okay, I think we need this. I think we need that. And we're going to be like, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and that's, that's the kind of philosophy where we, uh, where we going to employ like now or like, you know, much later on as well, when we keep developing features after features. And I think that, 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 that keeping that close interaction and loop feedback loop with, uh, with our users. And, and kind of like, you know, having that community approach, basically, mm-hmm. um, is going
0: to be the secret sauce of, 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 of uh, our solutions. Interesting. Let me double click on that. Like, what are you willing to do in your process that you think others aren't willing to do that uh, it just makes it easier to for them to work with you?
1: Um, I think... I think um, the process is I'm, uh, I'm I can definitely say I'm not reinventing anything in this in, mm-hmm. in, in this whole process, but I do learn from the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say like AWS, Azure, or Salesforce, which are the solutions I work closely with before. So I know exactly what kind of experience I get as a customer when working with these kind of brands and you mm-hmm. know technology mm-hmm. solutions. And I kind of like even from a customer perspective. Uh, why do I recommend AWS? Why do I recommend Salesforce to a client, to one of my clients, right? It is simply because the kind of, uh, guarantee and experience that I'm going to get when I work with them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is how we kind of build out the whole process and, and kind of keep that communication. They always can talk to us if they need to. We always have like, uh, different kind of services, um, from, you know, from very, uh, hands off kind of approach to very hands on approach, depending on the needs of the clients. Um, and I think, I think that is going, going to be continue to be our core kind of values as we go forward, like, you know, one year, two year, five years in the future as well. Because uh, without that, you know, eventually if you lose that connections,
0: you will kind of eventually you will lose out to competitors basically. Make it sound so easy, that Make it sound so so confident. Um, let's let's try to find a chink in that armor then. Uh, what do you think are the biggest challenges you will face, or what you're already facing right now? Like, what's the biggest pushback? So
1: the the of course challenges is 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 always like uh, everywhere when you're running a startup, right? Mm-hmm. And not to mention a startup in a very very new and infant stage kind of technology like Web three. So yeah, the, the challenges are everywhere. Um like you know, from funding uh to management to even acquiring talents uh mm-hmm. so that we can build out a product faster. Um so that is all the challenges that I have to go through every day, and especially with the beer market, is even worse in terms of funding, right? Like let's say like unless I'm the you know AWS uh in the space right now is it's almost very hard to to basically have a uh have a conversation or uh, initiate a fundraising round in this kind of market and that applies not even to what three um uh startup and even to what two and traditional startup is going through the same thing as well so yeah definitely the biggest challenge right now is how to um how to be very disciplined um, in terms of running the day-to-day operations, making sure we're staying on budget and making sure we are alive to expand on the next um, you know, phase of the economy.
0: Makes sense. You mentioned the bear market, uh, especially with all of the unfortunate news we've had over the past few months in crypto. Um, based on your conversations with the Web2 studios, who obviously still have a lot of uh, investigations, education about the space, were there any consistent pushbacks, um, new new issues or things that they've tried to see right now that has really slowed down um, the business? Um,
1: I would say the biggest pushback is, uh, of course, coming from the gaming community right now. You know, mm. um, a lot of big studio has tried to um, kind of... Spearheaded this new technology, but, uh, they always face with a lot of backlash and then they kind of scrape the plan. And that happened with like, you know, Activision that happened to Ubisoft. Mm. And the only, you know, AAA studio right now that I see is still 100% zero in on, on, on blockchain is Square Enix. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's a whole different conversation. Why, mm-hmm. you know, why I think you know they 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 are going in the right direction, but of course, if you look overall, um, it's very hard right now, even for the pseudo that wanted to use this technology, simply because the users are always uh, treating it treating it as a taboo. So you know, like forget about everything. The moment you mention NFTs, they're gonna turn off. Like that's it. They're gonna log out. Mm-hmm. So um, so that is the biggest challenge right now in the gaming space. Uh, for, for blockchain adoption and from a business, uh, you know, from a B2B perspective, of course, there's always like, you know, uh, pushback in term of kind of thinking. I don't think it's going to be like this. I don't think it's going to be like that, but that is the usual process as we, you know, as we kind of, um, guide our client through this new technology and kind of brainstorm with them and, and work our strategy with them. So a lot of it is just part of the kind of like brainstorming and bouncing off ideas. It's not really like a, a definite no. Um, and you know, if, if, if the studio decided to be like, you know, this is a scam, this is like,
0: I'm not going to touch it, then I get no chance to talk to them. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, I know we're at the, at the end of our schedule. So let me end with this last question before I give it to you for contact information. Uh, as you have these conversations with studios, B2B people, uh, especially once you've launched your product, how do you know that you're on the right track? Like, what's your KPI, metric, North Star, whatever that may be? Especially since, um, these consultative types of selling usually takes a long time. Uh, it's usually long lead time stuff. So how do you know if the conversation is going, uh, the right way or you're progressing in the right, into the right direction?
1: Yes. Um, so, so, um, one one metrics that we always keep in touch is basically um, when we launch, we are going to to keep track of um, basically how many uh, developers sign up for the platforms uh, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, getting as much feedback from them as possible. Um, so that, you know, even if we are kind of off track somewhere, we can, we can have the, you know, have the data immediately so that we can steer uh, our product development in the right track again, uh, and that is a constant process in developing technology products—not uh, just you know blockchain, but also in the past with traditional SaaS, web two kind of solution as well—is that you know um, uh, the constant communication and feedback is always always a must if you want to basically um, make sure that you are always on track. Um, and, and also more importantly, to know exactly when you are starting to
0: get off track as well. Awesome. Feedback loops. Uh, I totally get it. Uh, awesome. With that, that is the end of the call. Thank you, Zhang. How do people get in touch? Yes, Zhang. How, how does people, how do people, uh, get into your space? Uh, and how would you advise them to, to get started? Um, so, uh, so yeah, we, um, we uh, of
1: course we have a lot of um, of, of, of uh, documentation when we're gonna launch uh, that help people going through the product. But I think uh, from a bigger perspective, like you know, if you are developers or if you are looking into you know being employed in the Web three development space, especially in gaming, mm-hmm. um, I think like you know like you how you approach with approach with any problem, you need to know exactly what it is first. So I think like there's a there's a really good book that helped me get into blockchain as well. Uh in terms of technology, right? Uh that you know, the book is very, very technical. It is very dry and very boring. That's a disclaimer. But if you stick with it and kind of read through it, you will understand exactly blockchain for what it is and the values as well as well as is um, let's say disadvantages. So that you, you have an idea that, okay, this is how the technology is going to be, um, spearheaded into the everyday life of users. And then from there, you can choose exactly where is your value in this kind of new world? Like, am I going to be a developer? Am I going to be a business analyst? Am I going to be like, you know, an automation kind of engineer or DevOps? Whatever it is, you need to understand the core first. So I'm going to share. Um, the the book uh, link later, but uh, the book is called um, uh, the book is, is called Token Economy, um, uh, how to reinvent uh, Web two. So,
0: awesome, got it. Thank you. Uh, and yes, how do people get in touch? Which channel should they check? Which Twitter handle should they look into?
1: I uh, very active. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so. Uh, Guys, if you want to get in
0: touch, simply uh, connect with my LinkedIn, shoot me a message, and I get back to you. Awesome! Thank you, Zhang. That was an amazing procession. Thank you for sharing what you've what you've learned and what you are working on. We're excited for anniversary launch.
1: Thank you, Najo. Uh, likewise, very enjoyable. Mm-hmm.